1: And may the works this day be of the highest good for all present, and those listening, so mote it be. The circle is cast.
0: Hail Dictinus! Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. As we write, so we build, to keep a record of what matters to us. Welcome to Astral Temples, the 155th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Alain de Botton. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. And you
1: can still not call me Carr. Mary Mead, my name is Gwynne, Ode's mother. And Carr is unfortunately still injured.
0: Still got that fucked up Achilles. And
1: he did not make it any better this past weekend when we were at Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary.
0: Let's start our housekeeping. We're (laughs) going to start with that. That's the thing we did recently. That's (laughs) the thing we did
1: this past Saturday is we went to Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary for their, I guess it's their Harvest Festival. Okay. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was great. It's actually an event that goes from Thursday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. We only got to spend a very small amount of time on Yeah, we were
0: there from, we probably got there about noon and we left around seven on Saturday. Yeah, so we were yeah. there for almost a work day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we had such a good time. It is, the the space is beautiful out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) but it is. Oh, it really is. You got to drive past a lot of
0: Amish farms to uh get
1: to Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. That is right. It's in Remus, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, but the atmosphere that they have built there is so healing.
2: Yeah. It's really, really cool.
1: beautiful. It is a pagan sanctuary. And you can tell. And there's places set up. There's little
0: ritual areas set up oh. in, like, groves. Places you can go to meditate. Mm-hmm. They got a big camping space. We didn't even get a chance to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because
1: we were teaching, which we had a lot of fun with. We got to meet one of our, yes. our patrons. We got to meet
0: swan. swan. And as Swan says, yes, there was a swing. So there we, we taught in this ritual area. They built a swing, wide wooden swing in the ritual area for someone's wedding for photo shoots or something. But Mm -hmm. so there's just the swing in the ritual area. So I sat on that for like half an hour and it was great.
1: But yeah, and it was a beautiful day. The sky was blue, but there were enough Mm -hmm. clouds. There was some breeze. There was some breeze. It wasn't too hot. And, uh, but there were, you know, people selling things and of course, pagan, the pagan community, people that we know that were there. Mm -hmm. It was just it was so nice. And I, I really needed that. Um, right. Because, um, because my mother passed away on Friday the 13th. Yes. Of course she did. Of course she did Friday the 13th. But it was actually uh, a really healing cathartic experience of that because we had been with her that entire week um, and we knew we were getting very, very close. And my sister had spent the night with her and um, she was very peaceful at that point where she had not seemed to be before mm-hmm. on Thursday, on Thursday. when she was struggling. And here was the really cool thing for me as uh, I was getting ready to leave on Friday morning, mm-hmm. assuming that she was still with us and fine and breathing. Okay. And I had felt drawn to go to my Hakati altar and I lit the candle and I said my prayer and I did some incense and I anointed myself and I asked for Hakati's assistance in just lighting the path and opening the gate Mm -hmm. to the other world, you know, or to the, you know, to the veil so that my mother could cross. Right. Right. And to go to her destined afterlife. Exactly. And I kid you not, I walked into the room, said hello to my brother-in-law and sister, Mm -hmm. walked over kissed my mother on the forehead and told her I loved her. And I was glad she had a peaceful night and she passed right at that moment. She just drifted away and I was able, I realized that it happened. So I felt for a pulse and I noticed she wasn't breathing. And so I alerted my sister and the nurse and, and uh, she had passed, but it was, it was a really meaningful for me Mm -hmm. that I was able to do that just even though it was just like literally as I walked in. Yeah. And had one last moment like that with her and for her. And I felt like Hakati allowed me to be like a psychopunk for her in that moment. Yeah, Hakati was with you there. Hakati was with me there. And then I found out because I had forgotten because of the stress of everything in the week. Mm -hmm. It was actually Friday the 13th, obviously, but also it was Hakati's day or or the feast of of Hakati. One of the feast modern feast days of Hakati is on August 13th. So it all just. Synchronicity. Synchronicity, man. <laughs> you know, synchronicity. And then we had this beautiful blessing for her, and the, the hospice people were
2: beautiful.
0: And they did something really cool also oh, at yes. the hospice when they were preparing her body, mm-hmm. right? They did a lavender bath. Right. They did a lavender bath. And then and um, there was an amusing moment where the assistant came and was like, oh no, I forgot the lavender. Yes.
1: Oh no, I forgot <laughs> the lavender. I'm bad. I'm awful. And I thought, like, I can go to the Walgreens and pick up some lavender. It's okay. Uh-huh. Somebody else brought it. Uh huh. <laughs> but then they, uh, when they were preparing
0: her body, so obviously you have to put a body in a body bag at some stage of these proceedings. Right.
1: That was when after the hospice team had mm-hmm. left, the funeral home and the and my mother was being cremated. So the cremation service people came, and and they were so kind too. They were very good at being kind mm-hmm. and giving us time, but. When they had removed her and put her into onto the stretcher mm-hmm. and into the, the bag that mm-hmm. they, you know, used the to transportation. Tran- the transportation, guys, it looked like a homemade quilt. So it looked like my mother mm-hmm. had been okay. wrapped have have up a in a quilt and it was just so calming and peaceful. The entire experience was calming and peaceful. And the next day I went to the, to teach the Wolf Run. at Wolf Run with Cara and Ode. And it was all just so healing, mm-hmm. and I was able to go there without guilt <laughs> and without stress, or even really—you didn't have to
0: worry about like being available on your phone. Yeah,
1: exactly. It was—I don't know—I just felt released and at peace mm-hmm. the entire way that my mother passed and how it was handled, and so it was beautiful. It yep. was beautiful. So I got to—I got to then go and get some some love and healing from yes. my pagan Brothers community and sisters yeah my
0: pagan community it and was it was nice too we got to see people we haven't seen since oh my god February of 2020
1: so <laughs> nice we had to hug some of these people you yep. know
0: that I haven't seen in such a long time and yeah, so that was good Bill yeah. was there Bill the Swan was there sense, yes so we got to see Bill L. from Pagans in Need friends there we saw Swan obviously yeah and yes Rhiannon hail Hecate she was present she was there she with was you, there yeah. with me
1: it was it was beautiful
0: And they had a a potluck at the end where literally everyone seems to have brought food. Yeah. There was so much food at this thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We highly recommend
1: if you are ever in the Remus, Michigan area. Or if you can drive to that area. Or if you can drive to that area. Go to, you know, look up Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. That is such a mouthful. I know. <laughs>
0: look, you struggle with it every time. I struggle time. with it
1: every time. I my, my mouth does not want to form those words <laughs> in, a, in a sentence. But look them up because they offer camping and they have some events that go on through the year. And you can, like, book time yep. to go there and, and have a retreat or just some quiet time. And it, it's it's beautiful and it's something that they've provided for the pagan community. Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful area. It's very well kept. Very so like, well kept. There's lots of trees. There's lots of fields. None of it's like overgrown. You don't have to worry about like ticks or anything. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, like it just it's just a very well tended, cared for natural space. It really so. is.
1: So we highly recommend it. And we've already decided we're going yeah, next year. Next we're year
0: the- we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna go out for there the for the whole, whole weekend.
1: weekend. Whole thing from beginning to end. That the same thing happened to us though when we the first time we went to M P F and the first time we went to competition. We're like, we'll go for
0: one day. It'll be fine. And then we'll get it to do everything we want. And then we go, we go, (laughs) and we and we have an amazing time. And and at the end of our day, we're like, next time, the whole weekend, the whole weekend, give up,
1: (laughs) just surrender that time, whole weekend. So that is now a new thing. That is whole weekend. (laughs) I don't care. We're making it happen. (laughs) Yep. Wolf, you do
0: it. Wolf, run wildlife and spiritual sanctuary thank you (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the website which swan has helpfully linked in the discord is wrwss.org so please do go check
1: it out and support what they're doing they need our support in order to keep providing this service
0: yep they do fundraising events and mm-hmm. things they're planning to you know do more build-outs they're planning to expand mm-hmm. to the pavilion dedicated dining area mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. so they have plans they have
1: plans but that can only happen if we support them so
0: yep. you know support them please
1: and then go take advantage of their beautiful space because yes. they're also very reasonable yes. in their pricing yeah it's so, not bad not bad that was what we did right on this past weekend what what do we have
0: coming up anything we have the class we're teaching at elements yes at the end of the month yes
1: which is the last saturday of august August. and we're teaching about new gods new gods yes so that will be coming up yep so if you're in the kalamazoo area come by and see us
0: and other than that i I think that's all our housekeeping i think it is okay so we are house camped. and house sweat. We are going to be talking about astral temples today. We've already done a episode on astral travel and mm-hmm. journeying and, and things like that. I yep. So we might touch on those topics a little bit just in terms of the very bare bones basics, but um you can go and listen to whichever episode that was
1: a, a million years
0: ago. <laughs> yeah. If you want if you want to hear more about that. But we're talking specifically about building an astral space and, mm-hmm. and, and use, utilizing astral space mm-hmm. and think, magic and ritual.
1: Yes. And I think I would like to call it actually astral space because like, it doesn't have to even be a temple. I think
0: it it's a temple, even if it doesn't look like a building. Well, yeah, but it
1: can be, it can be anything that is meaningful to you. So it can be a building, it can be a cave, it can be a, grove of trees right. it can be the the ocean you know with with a beach
0: or a boat in the middle of the ocean right uh, i just think temple is a word we use to describe a sacred
1: yeah that's true because it is a sacred environment yeah it is a sacred space a sacred environment yeah. that you are creating in astral space yeah
0: and you may have more than one or oh, your yeah. temple may be multi-function exactly and you it can have options Exactly, and you can make it as big or as As small and
1: intimate as you want. You can bring other people in, Mm -hmm. or just make it just you, private, or you can have (laughs) separate spaces that Mm -hmm. you know one is just privately for you, one is for open to the public, open to you know people who you practice with or whatever. Yeah, there's there's lots of options because we're talking about spiritual, energetic
0: space. Mm -hmm. The first thing to talk about is we should probably touch on those astral travel basics, how to get into astral space at all.
1: Well, I think it depends on the individual and what works for them.
0: Right. There are lots of different induction techniques you Mm -hmm. can use. You can use guided meditation. Right. The most, I think the easiest for people who've never done it before is like a, um, Mm -hmm. it's a wake up induction Mm -hmm. where you like set uh, an alarm for yourself to wake up in the middle of the night after you've been asleep mm-hmm. or you plan to do this right when you wake up in the morning so that you kind of already in. Yeah. That so that you're in between already, state. yeah. you become conscious of being in that in between mm-hmm. condition where you're not fully awake yet, but you're not fully asleep. And mm-hmm. then you
1: intentionally move into a,
0: a exactly. spiritual space. Exactly. And you focus on moving your consciousness out of your body and into astral space. The Thing is like, even if, you can't visualize yes if you have a Fantasia or you're just not a good visualizer
1: you can find a way to create and enter astral
0: space right so visualization is not necessary for induction period there are plenty of induction techniques that are purely physically based mm-hmm. about the feeling of your body and mm-hmm. changing the feeling of of your of your senses mm-hmm. and you can move in astral space purely by senses other than sight. Mm-hmm. You do not have to visualize to, to work in astral space. That's how a lot of it is described in the literature mm-hmm. because... Only about two percent of people have a phantasia. Right. So most people who are looking to do astral travel will be doing some kind of visualization because humans right. are very sight oriented. But like you could use uh,
1: sound. You could use drumming. Right. To, to bring you into that, that altered state
0: of consciousness. You can use literally all of the senses. You can mm-hmm. use the smell. You could mm-hmm. light incense. You could use taste if you have like a specific, like you can get a tea blend mm-hmm. or something that's that's for astral journeying and that kind of thing. You can or learn touch. to associate that. Yep, touch. you could wrap yourself in a in a soft blanket mm-hmm. and like a
1: cocoon, cocoon, yeah, kind of thing if you want. Especially if you're trying to do like a cave kind of. Feeling mm-hmm. if you want your, your astral space to be cave
0: like. Finn he, says bells. Bells yeah, are great uh, as a, a trigger to enter astral space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there are lots of, of other triggers and induction methods you can use that don't utilize visualization at all. Mm-hmm. And like I said, once you're in astral space, you do not need to be able to visualize mm-hmm. to work with the astral space. Some people who have aphantasia have reported that they are pretty sure they do see in astral space. Mm-hmm. They just don't remember it afterwards. Right. Like their brain just doesn't store the information, mm-hmm. but they're pretty sure based on how they remember it, that they are seeing in astral space. Mm-hmm. They just don't retain that after they leave astral space. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be conscious of is that you may, once you're fully into the astral space see things, but it wouldn't be visualization in the same way because you're not generating it. If right. that makes sense. Right. Now I can only speak to the visualization. Right. We don't have a fantasia. Yeah. So, so. We, it's hard for us to describe that experience, but that's my understanding from, from reading the reports of people who do have a fantasia. I
1: have been part of rituals where a leader has guided us into a, an astral space or just through, um, you know, we close our eyes and they, they speak the words and bring us down into mm-hmm. or up into. I was at a ritual one time where we were brought into the underworld. And mm-hmm. that is an astral space.
0: Yep. Any they, any space that is on a different spiritual plane than the physical one your body exists in.
1: And the great thing was, is they were not asking us to see the underworld. They, we were in a room. The, the lights were down. We had candles. And they had us in a circle and our eyes were closed, just doing calming breathing. But then they talked about how the air was changing and the feeling of the room was changing and that you could sense yourself being pulled, the whole room, all of us as a group, being pulled down into the underworld, sinking sinking down into the underworld. And then as we were in the underworld, our ancestors and, and people who had crossed the veil were joining us and we could sense their presence next to us or hear their voices it was that was beautifully done and it really didn't it didn't require it didn't require visualization it was all about feeling yeah. and experience
0: and I will say even as someone who uses a lot of visualization because mm-hmm. that's That's just a natural skill for me. The actual sensation I have when I know I've entered an astral space Mm -hmm. and gone beyond imagining and Mm -hmm. and just guided meditation and visualization, how I know I've actually like crossed that threshold Mm -hmm. is that it feels in my body like vertigo.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's that feeling of being off balance or destabilized for a moment. Mm -hmm. And once that settles again, I know I've crossed that threshold. Mm -hmm. So like, even as someone who uses visualization a lot, that's not actually my cue for when I've Mm -hmm. like
2: stepped into astral space.
1: I don't know. It's gotten to the point where I've done it enough times that I just sense that that change, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I don't Mm -hmm. have like a vertigo or something. It's just, you know, I know I can just feel the difference between I'm imagining a set of stairs going up a mm-hmm. mountain to actually feeling my spirit walking up the yeah. stairs you know what I'm saying because um I have an astral space that I work with Hekati in exclusively which mm-hmm. was something that I created through a ritual with a group of p- other Hekati uh witches other mm-hmm. Hekati witches And it was a group experience. We were all individually creating our own sacred space with which to work Mm -hmm. with her. And then we would add a room that we could all go into together uh, to have a joint ritual in that sacred space or a cave, depending (laughs) on the situation. But so, but I have Sometimes
0: you got to go underground. (laughs) Sometimes,
1: sometimes. But because of that first initial experience, I just kind of built on that every time I go to that space to talk to her or to work with her exclusively. For me, that started out as, as a guided meditation, something that was very visual, mm-hmm. to now it has, it has more of an experiential.
0: A fully embodied. A fully embodied feel yeah. to it, yeah. That is something that you'll see people talk about a lot with astral space, is that even if it starts with visualization, if it starts with visualization, if that's something you can do, mm-hmm. it doesn't end there. Right. That's the distinction between a visualization mm-hmm. or a, a daydream or an imagination and mm-hmm. an astral experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And sometimes,
1: this last time that I went to my inner temple to you know be with Hikati and mm-hmm. ask for guidance over the situation with my mom, I used a little bit of uh, witch's ointment, you mm-hmm. know, is flying ointment, to assist in just jujut up, zhuzh it up that that sense of disconnect from the world. Mm-hmm into the astral into the spiritual and it's just
0: that that one
1: li- sometimes you need a little
0: bit of assistance yeah and that know. could be being anointed with an oil it could, it could, be, could incense. be incense it could be a sound like a bell ringing it could be medicinal mm-hmm. it could be you get a little bit of alcohol you get a little bit mm-hmm. of THC if that's legal in your area or whatever so those are things that like if you have trouble mm-hmm. with visualization or you
1: just don't aren't sure that you're achieving the yeah. goal you can also find ways to just help your body relax Assistance. and assist you into that, into that state, mm-hmm. that other state, you know, of altered
0: experience. Yeah. It's not really altered consciousness. It's altering the location of your consciousness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's yeah, a little you're hard still to describe. Fully yeah. You're, you're definitely yourself. You're still fully present mm-hmm. and conscious and think like yourself. You're just doing it in a different way. In a different space.
1: <laughs> I think that is important to, to identify yeah. with
0: people. It's especially not, for people who've never done
1: astral travel. Yeah,
0: there there may be a, a certain amount of altered consciousness because it's easier to, to start astral right. traveling if you are, like, doing it through a trance state or right. something. Right, And in that case, if you enter a trance state to astral travel, your consciousness is altered.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: not, like, in a substantive That's way.
1: Why I feel like altered experience yeah. is, you know, uh, a better way to describe... At least for me, how it feels going from this plane Mm -hmm. to an astral plane or my astral temples or astral spaces where I work.
0: I would say the first step is becoming conscious of your consciousness as something separate from your body or not like separate from, but like connected to, but distinct from your your physical body swan swan says i'm confused about working in your astral temple mine is a safe place would you like feel a spell out or do visualization a there?" a lot of people you do can
1: actually you can do it
0: from ton. their astral space yeah you can do a ton of stuff in an astral temple so you can mm-hmm. have an astral temple that is just a safe place to retreat to yeah like it, if you're like this is important especially if you do a lot of journeying mm-hmm. it's good to have A safe astral spot that you can just camp out in if Mm -hmm. you feel unsafe in another part of astral. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have a safe spot in astral. Your astral temple, and like I said, you can have more than one or you can have one that's Mm multifunction. Your astral temple can be a place where you do spell work that Mm -hmm. has astral tools and an Mm -hmm. astral altar and everything like that. So it can be a place where you do work is a place where you can do ritual it's a place where you can do ritual it's a place it can be a place where you worship Mm -hmm. uh it can be a place that you invite spirits or deities to come meet you it can be all kind of you can do a ton of stuff in astral like uh for example
1: when um i'm going to use my temple again because that's space i use a lot although i have some other spaces that i utilize as well Mm -hmm. quite often especially if it's a full moon where um I want to draw down energy especially and if it's like it's cloudy mm-hmm. and you can't really experience that those sight of the moon which is sometimes right. just really invigorating and stuff I will go into an astral temple where I have a skylight
0: that is reflecting <laughs> that the current is reflecting phase of the
1: moon <laughs> the current phase of the moon and I have a shelf on a wall where I can get my veil and I can get my box that I can get different things, different items that I might need, Mm -hmm. including offering offering, objects and things. And uh, I have a a statue of Harkati there and I have a fire pit. And, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do in an astral space. And it's not always that way. It just depends on what I need it for. Mm -hmm. I can expand it or I can narrow it down to a uh, specific need. But I have done spell work in there and I Mm -hmm. have done ritual in there. And I've also just gone in
0: and asked for advice. Kristen Gill says, "So, like a mind palace, but astral. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, A mind palace is like like a despiritualized idea of an astral temple, basically. And yes,
1: Swan, you can have as many circles in your in your astral you place can as you stack want.
0: Stack the circles, interlock the circles, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. You could go full sphere. Get you can have three concentric yeah. circles. I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> You have know, the most elaborate circle on Earth in your That's astral right. temple. That's right. and you do not you won't run out of chalk. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. To build that shit out of, you know, solid astral silver. Yeah. Oh, and
1: I think uh, Rana makes a really good point that it's very easy to come back from your astral space.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so sometimes people talk about astral work as if it's extremely dangerous. I know. And you could become detached from your body or possessed. And I don't doubt that those risks exist but i think they're overstated my experience has never been that it's difficult to i've now i've had experiences where i've never had an experience where i've gotten lost in astral i'll say right. because there's your your body your physical body and your astral body are connected mm-hmm. they're not distinct organisms right right they're connected functions of you. Mm-hmm. So I've never felt lost in an astral space because my astral body knows inherently where my physical body is at all times. So that's mm-hmm. not a sense I can lose.
1: Exactly. And I always have a sense of my body, even when I'm mm-hmm. in astral doing something else. There's always that sense of, of what's going on around yeah. me.
0: Now now it can be disorientating. Yes. To be pulled out of astral and back into physical unexpectedly. Yes.
1: And you may need to do some grounding. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you can't just take your time to, to return and resettle.
0: That, yeah. That, at that point, do some grounding because right. you may have excess energy from whatever you were doing in astral before you were interrupted. You may have not settled back into your body in quite the right orientation. And so you need to just like get all your limbs realigned or whatever. So all that kind of stuff can happen. But it's not like, a, in my experience, it hasn't ever been a crisis. Mm-hmm. I had one instance where post-ritual, I was having, like, I felt like there was a pressure to stay in astral instead mm-hmm. of returning to my physical body. Mm-hmm. And it was more difficult. I still knew where it was. I was still able to get back into it. I just called on my cat to help me out and give me some more oomph. Because there was just a magical pressure to stay in the astral space, but other like that's the only even mildly disconcerting astral body physical body experience I've ever had.
1: I know your brother who is a hedge witch, and he works in astral crosses the hedge all the time time in his work, and I know that he says that there is he's got actually a, a wide area of he explores Mm -hmm. uh, in astral but there is always one place he can return to if he feels uncomfortable or unsafe he's got this he's got a A, safe uh, spot a zone a zone a safe zone where he can always return and so that's a a wise thing to do
0: and that's that's setting up an astral temple yeah that's one of the functions of an astral temple is to be your spot that you can always return to, that you can set the guards on. And I think it's important
1: to note, too, it's like if your astral space is just strictly a safe space. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's fine. That's all it ever needs to be. You don't have to do magic in astral. You don't have to do ritual or or anything else. If if your astral space is strictly a safe space to go to,
0: then that's all it needs to be. (laughs) Rana says no astral shaming at three-pack. (laughs) <laughs> no i right. I think my recommendation would be to set up a, a safe space in astral even if you never plan to work in astral in mm-hmm. case you get pulled in unexpectedly during a ritual or something because that can happen sometimes especially if you're doing like a guided meditation mm-hmm. or something like that you're really tuned in you can sort of slip into astral especially if you do it a lot but even if you don't you can just kind of wander into astral right yeah. so i think it's good to have a safe space already set up in case that happens but that's as far as i'm concerned the like the only thing I think you quote yeah. unquote should do in astral. Exactly. Don't go by what you see
1: on movies. No. Like the one with the really bad uh, psychic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, that one. God, I have it too, and I can't think of it. Insidious. Insidious. Yes, Insidious. that's the one. Do not base <laughs> your understanding of either mediumship oh, or man. astral travel on the movies, especially Insidious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations, where you can find custom-engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at TreeWizardCreations at gmail.com. That's Tree, W-Y-Z-A-R-D, Creations. And follow them on Facebook or find them online at TreeWizardCreations.com. Hail Dictness. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of
1: burning rosemary bit, there. A little bit of rosemary. Just a, just, there it goes. Just a bit. Hail L. You said, I mean, I think it's best not to base any of your spiritual beliefs strictly off movies, honey. You'd be
0: surprised. True. Many. So true. But yes, this, for some people, that's <laughs> their first introduction. So uh-huh. they assume that there's something to it. Else says, I wish I'd be surprised, yeah. (laughs) I see people asking at the various places I frequent why they should bother having an astral temple Mm -hmm. uh, or doing work in astral. What is the benefit? Right, what's the point? (laughs) Uh, And I think one of the biggest benefits is that you can have the fanciest shit you want for free. Yep. With no physical investment at all. Yep. except like the energy it takes you to set it up.
1: That's why a lot of witches will do mm-hmm. their spell work in astral because there's you, some people who do their work exclusively, exclusively in astral. Exclusively in astral because then you don't have to shell out any bucks for anything mm-hmm. or
0: physically procure at all, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to find the perfect branch for that wand. You just you go into astral and Either you craft it out of pure will Mm -hmm. or you go to an astral wood and ask an astral tree to give you an astral branch to make that astral wand. And there are, by the way, multiple ways you can go about that kind of thing. You can physically craft a thing in astral Mm -hmm. just using all astral components the same way you would in physical space. Mm -hmm. Or you can just make something out of willpower and energy. And those are different methodologies and Mm -hmm. both are equally effective as far as i'm concerned
1: yeah because i think it's important i think it's helpful to remember Mm -hmm. and this is going back into a little bit of history that we've talked about and so i'll just do it briefly for instance plato and aristotle did teach that stars were composed of the four earthly elements plus an ethereal element or quintessence that's kind of the idea of where of what we're dealing with here in that ethereal element element. that quintessence the quintessence it's Mm -hmm. it's so even though it's a spiritual element Mm -hmm. it's still as real if you will right it's not physical but physical but that doesn't make it not real exactly exactly and so that's why it's important to remember that no, you don't have to work in astral if you right. don't want to. Absolutely. But you also
0: don't have to work in physical if but you, you don't, don't want to. But you don't have to work in physical. Exactly. You can pick and choose. You can mix and match. Do whatever works for your practice. Unless your tradition explicitly forbids you to do something, do whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. And honestly, I think Rana also makes a point that yeah. it's really the only truly private space most of us have. That's true. Yes. Absolutely true. You will... <laughs> Your physical body might be interrupted by your children and pull you out of astral. Mm -hmm. But your children are not intruding into your astral space. Exactly. So if you need to do something your children's eyes should not see, do it in
1: astral. Do it in astral. And, of course, the more you go into that space, Mm -hmm. the easier it is for you to go and return.
0: Yep. Elle says, also, I found it's easier to have extended conversation with in astral. Yes. Yes. You have, so
1: much so, and other spirit energies, and <laughs> it's it's actually it's really a great way to be able to dialogue not just with your deities but with
0: plant spirits and all kinds of spirits and all astral you know, spirits, astral Shit. spirits. I met a spirit in one of my astral spaces where I don't know where he came from. I don't know what his like. He told me his job is messenger. And as far as I can tell, he's never left astral space. He exists purely in astral space. He takes messages from point A to point B. That's all he does. And
1: sometimes I feel like, you know, when we're feeling blocked, we we don't seem to be able to connect with Mm -hmm. our deities. If we can move into an astral space and invite them to join us there, sometimes that breaks down that barrier.
0: Yeah, I've never heard a single solitary English word from any of my deities in physical space. Nope. I've gotten impressions and feelings and vibes and occasionally like a spooky image, but I've never gotten an English word from a deity in my physical body. I have only ever had successful conversations In in astral space. In some
1: kind of an astral space. Yeah. And sometimes it's something, you know, like when you are able to, you don't have to go strictly all the way into an astral space, but you can still hear and understand and communicate with your deities. Mm -hmm. It's because you're already a little bit
0: there. (laughs) I think, Uh you know, you're just attuned to it. Right. And I think a lot of psychic work Mm -hmm. and people who are psychic are just better at astral. Like, be- just better at being, like, ambiently a little bit connected to astral. Well, speaking of someone who is that, yeah, I th- I would agree. Like, that's that's what I think. I think it's, it's kind
1: of, you're always a little bit
0: connected. This is what I'm saying, is I think that, like.
1: Unless you shut yourself off.
0: People who can do clairaudience, right, right mm-hmm. and hear, like, have a great god phone and can hear yep. the deities speak they're to them clearly. already a little connected. I think they're doing that by being a little bit in astral mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I am not a little bit in astral all the time, so I gotta do the extra step of going into astral. I, I to think do it, the thing.
1: it's not something I would ever have considered because it's just something that has been natural to me since right. I was a child. But yes, I could, I could understand that. Yeah. That makes sense actually. Right. In a way I
0: hadn't. thought. I can't, obviously this is not something I can prove, but it's something yeah. that I'm just like, Hmm, I wonder. Like I, I work
1: with the dead and i converse with spirits and what I that I have a pretty good God phone mm-hmm. with my deities, but there are sometimes I feel disconnected, mm-hmm. whether I've done it to myself or, or it's or happened or just-
0: by stressors
1: by or, stress whatever. or whatever And so at least for me I have found that by intentionally going into this space that has been made sacred. You kind of reconnect it. I can it's it's easier to reconnect that way for me. Like there like for Pakati is this temple. For Brigid, it, it's a garden that has mm-hmm. a tree. Yep. You know, it can be different things depending on what's important to that deity or you yeah. know
0: So I have a logistical, or what feels good to you. I have a logistical question for you. Mm-hmm. Are Hakati's Temple and Brigitte's Temple the same space and you're just using them differently or are they distinct spaces? No, they're you? distinct spaces okay. for me.
1: It's like I go different directions. Like yeah. when I go to Hakati's temple, I'm actually stepping onto um, a stone step that walks up that like climbs a mountain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have different stations that I stop at where there are guardian spirits. Nice. And once I get to the top, I enter a cave that is uh, the space but when I go to interact with Brigid it's like I'm stepping onto a, a path in a forest and it's like a it feels like a completely different direction
2: mm-hmm.
1: walking along that path oddly enough I don't really have that with Brigid I don't really have an astral space with her I just feel like you know when I because I call on her, just when vibe I, with her I just vibe with her <laughs> I feel like I, I'm just there <laughs>
0: You're just in her presence. I'm just in her presence. She's in your presence,
1: or Or whatever. We just somehow we vibe. You just vibe. You just (laughs)
0: connected the vibes. We just (laughs) connected the vibes, you know.
1: But yeah, and then there's an astral space that I created when I lead ritual, especially for online rituals for the green earth witchcraft stuff that I have done in the past and have neglected for a while. There's a there's a space that I bring the people into so that they can astrally right be connected. We're all connected together. And I don't know about the people who, you know, have attended those those rituals, but I can sense their
0: individual their energies there. And it's a very powerful experience. Logistical question again. Okay. How did you build your temples?
1: For the one with Brigid, it was actually, it was a, a part of a vision during meditation. She kind of uh-huh. invited me onto this path, into this tree. And then I just kind of, you know, followed uh-huh. <laughs> and then maintained that yes. space. It just space was there. It was just there. Okay. But the one with um for her costume, bad
2: path, so It, it really wrong. was.
1: It was. It was just something she guided me to. Mm-hmm. But I was very early. That was very right. early. You were a baby life. witch. I was a baby witch. And that was one of my first experiences with her. So she guided me into that space. Okay. Um and then you sort of took possession. Of and it. then I just said, hey let's meet here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. I like this. But with it was an actual conscious, a more intentional, more intentional. And it was during ritual we were, we were being guided, mm-hmm. but we were told, you know, you find this path to, to your, to, to your, your particular space. And so I had originally, when I first started working, um, with med- in meditation and in astral, I would, it was the typical, you know, follow a set of stairs up to mm-hmm. a door kind of thing. Right. So it just made sense to me to, to start walking up a set of stairs on a mountain, and so I created that. And as I walked, it started to build itself. The right. more I walked, and then um, as I got to the uh, the first plateau, I created a like space to stop, and there was a guardian there because with Akati, cleanliness is important. Right, right? there has to be a, a cleansing aspect to before you to, can enter her to build to her presence. So that is the place. Where cleansing happens. Right. You know, that kind. Of, so that's kind of how I built it. As I was knowing I'm going to go see Kekati, what am I expected to do? Right. You know, and so I built it based on my understanding of what she would expect from me mm-hmm. in her presence. And then also from the fact that she's often found in a cave that has, that only I can enter and there's a key. Right. So there's a door to the cave. There is a door. And I have the. I'm the only person the, that has the key. You are the
2: keeper. Of the key. I am the keeper
0: of the key. So my astral spaces are actually all built from recurring dreamscapes. So from the time I was like in my preteens, I had a couple of recurring dreams. One is that I think I've talked about before on the podcast. Is what I could, I would call like the Ringwood or the Mobius wood. Yes. Yes. Where there's a, it's a very narrow strip of untrammeled wilderness. It's only trees. There are no, there's no foliage. There's no undergrowth. There are no animals. There's no birds. There's there's just trees mm-hmm. growing in a thin strip, probably 30 to 50 feet across.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it goes forwards and backwards. And if you walk along it, it sort of loops in on itself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There is an ambiguous something on either side but it's featureless Mm -hmm. I'm distantly aware that there are other places and people in those other spaces but they never approach the ringwood Mm -hmm. and you can just sort of walk through seasons of the trees Mm -hmm. and that was a recurring dream I had for years and years and years before I started doing any kind of astral work but when I started doing astral work I would naturally find myself in the ringwood. Mm -hmm. So I just established. So, so I already had a A practice. Yeah. I already had a practice of building an energy tree. When I meditate, it's part of my grounding and centering process. Mm-hmm. So I just built my energy tree in the Ringwood, and now my tree is there, and I can and I enter and exit through my tree in the Ringwood. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And it's a it's a good transitional space. So sometimes other spirits sort of wander through the Ringwood, and mm-hmm. I meet them there. Through so, <laughs> in Discord is saying the Ringwood sounds spooky. It's I not know, spooky. It's <laughs> not. It's <laughs> not. I've heard about this wood before. Yeah, it's a cool space. I like it a lot. And I actually I do actually have another astral space I don't go to as often again it comes from recurring dreams i had if i had to give it an name i would call it the city over the river because it's built over it's built on two two banks of a river with a bridge across two bridges actually but i only ever go across the one Mm -hmm. and it's a fully functioning city with like buildings and office workers and like Mm -hmm. people who live there and shit and it's just a place i dreamed about traveling a lot it has very consistent geography mm-hmm. so when i need to go somewhere other than the ringwood i go to the city over the river and build a space in the, in the city for me yeah the city does not take well to building things out of pure will so you have to build things with physical materials you find in the city but so yeah. i have those two separate spaces both of which like i said came from recurring dreams that were just very consistent for me for years so i knew those spaces very well
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I don't think, no, when you, when you go, I should ask, when you go into your astral space, Mm -hmm. are you doing ritual? Are you communing with spirit? Are you casting spells? Because I don't cast spells in
0: astral space very much. I I do more ritual and communication. In the Ringwood, I'm meeting people. Because like I said, the Ringwood is a is a good transitional space. People walk through the trees, basically, and just end up there. So if I'm if I'm just communing with someone, it's probably in the Ringwood. People from outside the city don't show up at the city, so I can't communicate with anyone there. The city only has its own inhabitants. So the city is where I go if I need to do astral spell work of some mm-hmm. kind, which I don't do very often because I like to have physical, tangible stuff yeah, after same. a spell. But I, I, I have done and I could do spell work in the city. I just yeah. couldn't. I could not c- talk to a deity in the city. I'd have to do that in the right.
1: Sometimes I wonder if I go into an astral space while working a spell unintentionally when I'm when I'm concentrating my energy and just kind of yeah. Create, I mean, uh, I creates I'm, an astral space. Yeah. that and I'm not necessarily intentionally creating.
0: <laughs> I've gone into other people's astral space, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. when like at. At public rituals or things mm-hmm. where a spell is being worked or or a ritual is being done mm-hmm. especially if there's a, a guided visualization right. or a meditation component well like that but those one, are not my spaces i'm basically visiting someone else's space <laughs> exactly well it's like i was saying that
1: that one ritual that we went to where we were drawn mm-hmm. into the under underworld yeah um one of the things that uh, was made very clear at the beginning of the ritual was once we, this ritual has begun, we will be descending into the underworld. Yeah. You need to know right now if you're going to stay or leave. Physically, we might still be here, yeah. but astrally, we we're, will. We're descending. We are descending and we will be there. And even though our eyes were open and we were doing stuff and we were sharing uh, a meal with our ancestors and things like that. We were still in astral space. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's another important thing that people need to understand about astral spaces, especially like in this situation where you're in a public ritual, where the room has been brought into another space, has been descended. You can, you need to realize that you may be completely working in your, your eyes are open you're in your phys, mentis. You're, compass mentis yeah compass mentis you're working in your physical space but spiritually you you're are an, an astral. astral
0: you don't have to be in a trance nope. or or right. a deep meditative state or nope. like on the edge of a lucid dream to be an astral people don't have just a, a particular expectation yeah it's not necessarily sitting silently in a room with your eyes closed
1: in a lotus right. position it, it can actually be you are in a ritual room. You are but you are actually in astral space. That's happened to me in several rituals I've
0: participated in. Rana says I've never been able to do it with exterior distractions around me. It's yeah, I think it's it's easier when you're in a ritual environment and like everyone in the ritual is focused on doing that and being in an astral. Mm-hmm. It would be very much harder to do, I think, like on the bus right. or Like in a break room at work or something. Swan says, how do you not fall asleep when you're in astral? First of all, that depends on how you got into astral. Mm -hmm. If you did an induction technique that's very relaxing Mm -hmm. and and, and that kind of thing. Um, Or if you do one of the induction techniques that calls for you to wake up from Mm -hmm. sleep and, and take advantage of that sort of half aware state. But if you do do one of those, there's not like a guaranteed way to stop from falling asleep. No, there have been a couple of times. You just accept that it might happen and then you move into doing dream work basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. There've been a couple of times when I've I've caught myself falling asleep Mm -hmm. and then draw my know, waking self back into the space. But yeah,
0: it just But but part of it also is Rhana says I don't because I'm so engaged while there and yeah, part of it is just that like you're you're doing stuff. Your consciousness yeah. is engaged. You're active and aware. And Your body is, might be relaxed, but your mind is mm-hmm. active doing spiritual work. Exactly. Our tiger, Jim Two
1: Snakes, has spent much of the past three decades providing spiritual and emotional support for individuals that are looking for accountability, wisdom, and safe support space while they discover how to walk their own path. Jim is now offering his spiritual dad service in a Patreon structure. This informal program includes regular contact with Jim and specific guidance for what's going on in your life right now, along with a talking stick monthly meeting for some levels and regular phone calls ranging from one to four times a month at other levels. Jim will help you with goal setting, suggestions, support, and accountability in whatever it is you want to accomplish. And because it is your path, he will adapt his suggestions to suit what works best for you. It's called Spiritual Dad, but there is no age limit. We all need spiritual and emotional support. To find out more, visit jim 2 or patreon.com forward slash spiritual dad.
0: Hail Dictanus. Hail Dictanus. some Mary. I will do Elle says, the first couple times I traveled, it wasn't intentional and it was in a yoga nidra class. So the instructor's voice kept me awake. Yeah. That, that would up. also help if you mm-hmm. have like music or something. Yeah. Um, that's not too soothing. Exactly. <laughs> that you wouldn't sleep too.
1: Exactly. It's just a point of just accepting where you're at.
0: Yeah. And just being okay. If, you've, if you fall asleep, it's you not asleep. like you failed at astral travel. It means you fell asleep. Uh-huh. You, Your body said, all right, and now. And now. Now, now that you've done some spiritual stuff, I'm going to take a nap.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that
0: was what your body needed. And you just accept that. Exactly. And if you left something undone in astral, you go back in when you wake up.
1: Sometimes we are drawn into astral or brought into astral. We think it's just a a really intense vision Mm -hmm. that we're experiencing in meditation. Yeah. But, but it's actually, we've been drawn into an astral space.
0: And it is totally possible to to travel into astral through a dream. Yeah, absolutely. that's happened
1: to me before. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I don't really remember my dreams. So that's I why... I do, which
0: is how I have that. It's easy for me to tell the difference between a dream and a dream that becomes astral, because I remember almost all of my dreams. Yeah. So I can tell the difference. And I never have really remembered my dreams,
2: which
1: is why my astral experiences have either been consciously done through meditation... Right. As part of a guided meditation at a ritual or as part of a ritual unintentionally being drawn into it by a deity who wants to talk to me.
0: You get summoned to astral. I get summoned.
1: <laughs> yes, I do occasionally get summoned into astral. It's like, girl, we got to talk.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're not listening. <laughs> Brianna and Grace says, okay, this bitch is just confused thinking about this. So I'll probably be asking a lot of questions later on once I do some more research. It both feels like something that I should have been able to do for years, but also completely impossible because of who I am as a person. So if you have any specific questions, Rhiannon, feel free to drop them in right now. And I don't know that we'd necessarily be able to. Yeah, no, we're not experts, right? We're just casual
1: practitioners. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, we can do the best we can. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want you to feel like this is, you know... It's not
0: an obligation. It's not an obligation. It's not something... Yeah, if it doesn't vibe with you, you don't have to. Yeah.
1: And Rana says, and I absolutely agree with her, there are many witches who don't do astral, and they're just
0: fine. Exactly. So it, it's not a requirement. Yeah. So if it's something you want to be able to do, there are probably ways for you to learn. But if it's not something you want to do, don't feel pressure. Yeah. And I think that is a very important
1: point to stress. Mm-hmm. Is that it's not like you're less of a witch if you don't do astral. Right, exactly. And then we start getting into imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. And you don't want that. You don't want that. None of that shit. Get, Get that, that shit, shit out of here. Get that shit out of here. We don't want that. <laughs> Follow the path that is right for you. Whatever techniques mm-hmm. or
0: experiences. Rhonda well. asks, do I have any recommended readings on astral work? I know Christopher Penzak has written some books. Fact, I have I not he's... read them, and I understand he is a little problematic. So I don't give them, like, a, a full-throated recommendation. Because, like I said, I haven't read them, so I don't know the content. But they have been recommended by other mm-hmm. people. I would go
1: back again to Matt Oren's Psychic Witch. Yeah,
0: honestly. A lot of the stuff that Matt Oren teaches in that book about you can developing it... your psychic uh, abilities... A lot of that's also relevant to astral work. Absolutely. You just kind of shift what the focus is.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, from from being in tune to your intuition. Right. In your physical in body. In your physical body to creating that astral space and that astral connection. Using
0: those same techniques in Absolutely.
1: the astral. Absolutely. They're very, very similar, if yeah. not the same.
0: With Gwen, I okay. would recommend Matt Aron's book and just adapting those techniques to astral mm-hmm. work. And I'm sure there are a lot of books out there
1: about astral work. I just haven't read them. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Rannon says, I mean, I feel like you probably covered it more in the other episode. I don't know. I know I blocked a little bit of psychic ability I had as a child, and now I have a problem with disassociation occasionally, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I want to learn more about it to maybe help me recover a bit. Kind of like it'll help with some shadow work for me. Mm -hmm. I still need to get that psychic witch book. I scared myself out of buying it months ago because of the reasons above. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And you
1: know what, you shouldn't feel pressured to to do this. So unless you feel like it's going to be beneficial to you. Yeah,
0: so I want to talk about the dissociation thing. I used to dissociate a lot as a teenager for a combination of mental illness reasons. So yeah, I I will say that the experience going over that threshold from physical to astral can have a a similar physical feeling Hmm. to dissociation where you step out of your body in a way that vertigo feeling and then I used to describe it as having my leaving my mantle dragging where it would feel like my astral body wasn't fully connected to my physical body was very similar to disassociation so if that's something that you're worried about and that you're concerned about I would talk to a mental health professional who is open to spiritual matters I know those can be difficult to find but if you can find one talk to a mental health professional about distinguishing between those or whether astral is safe for you while Mm -hmm. you're still struggling with dissociation because it might not be and if that's the case so be it for me personally i found that developing astral skills learning how to intentionally move in and out of my physical body and in and out of astral space actually gave me more control over my dissociative tendencies so i dissociate less now that I am in more control of where I'm located, where my consciousness is located. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm able to sit better in my physical body, because I know spiritual techniques for that now. So when I do start to experience a little bit of mental health disassociation as distinct from astral travel, I am better equipped to pin myself back in my body and reel in that dissociation mm-hmm. that was for me personally i cannot guarantee that would work for
1: you or says my witchling is listening and asking is that why i never feel fully here
0: it could be or like i said that could be a little bit of dissociation it could be that's that's hard to say. But sometimes
1: when you if you're talking a child, yeah, sometimes children are, are a little more psychically in tune, yep. you know, and, and have a tendency to be more psychically in tune and then drawn to astral mm-hmm. more so than
0: an adult would be. Rana says it's a really great book, Ranan, about the psychic witch book, but you also need to be kind with yourself. Learning will come when you're ready. And exactly. yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely the case. If it's scaring you, don't do it. Right, Like there's a, there's a time and a place to push your boundaries and, and to learn new things and new skills, Mm -hmm. but not, but not if it's actively frightening you.
1: Exactly. Rana also says maybe when you do try astral, build a cord to connect yourself to the physical world. So you feel safer at Mm -hmm. first. Think of it like arm floaties for
2: toddlers. Yeah.
0: I actually, a lot of astral resources will talk about Mm -hmm. building the cord. I don't do that personally because, like I said, I feel, a strong, mm-hmm. I feel a strong connection between my physical body and my astral body. But not everyone does. And if that's the case,
2: mm-hmm.
0: building a visual reminder or, or an experiential reminder if you have a Fantasia might be helpful.
1: And I remember back in the day, Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. you know, she wrote her books, her New Age books, and she wrote about, um, you know, that especially in the New Age books, they talk about that silver cord that connects your spirit to your body. And uh, some people see that, some people don't. You can absolutely tether yourself. Mm-hmm. And intentionally. Intentionally, consciously. consciously tether yourself in some way yeah. so that you feel more confident.
0: Yeah. And Elle says on a similar note, I use a drumming track on my meditation app and I know it ends after a certain amount of time. So that will jar me back if I'm not done before that time is up. That's really smart too. I found, so you know, those um, like sleep meditations and things mm-hmm. where you're supposed to like, Put it on and it'll help you fall asleep and then you'll just be asleep when it ends i can't do those when it ends i will wake up oh okay so i will have slept for 40 minutes or so and then woken up okay so if you are like me and that happens to you you can put literally anything on in the background and as soon as that track ends you will be consciously aware of the fact that the track has ended and it's time to go back to your body the background music is gone or whatever Like, as soon as that silence hits, my brain's like, oop, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Something has changed. Something has changed. So yeah, you can find those little tricks for yourself to to make it feel safer or more secure. And and Rhiannon has said that, that she hasn't had an episode in quite a while, but thinks it's more a fear of going back to that place, but not such a big fear that it's actively repulsing her wanting to do it. The
1: other thing you can do is let someone know That you are doing astral work. Yeah,
0: and have someone come check on you. Have someone
1: come check on you. I have done that with Ode, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when I was uh, doing some online rituals that were Katian rituals. Where she knows she's going to be doing really deep astral work. Really deep astral work or some aspecting of Mm -hmm. deity, that kind of thing.
0: She just lets me know, like, it's going to be done at nine. Come hit me up and make sure I'm out. (laughs) Uh, and there have
1: been some times uh-huh. <laughs> that I've not sufficiently grounded yeah. or returned. I'm up and aware and talking. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're floaty as fuck. Go eat some bread. Exactly. So sometimes it, it's helpful, especially if you have
0: concerns, mm-hmm. to have someone spot you. And uh Ron says you can also travel with someone if you know someone you trust enough. That's mm-hmm. also
1: about yeah. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I agree. Just take tiny steps. It, it's not something that you have to do.
0: Honestly. Step one, if you really want to do this, Mm -hmm. step one can be just doing inductions. Yep. Do an induction and then wake up. You do not have to do anything the first time you go in astral. You can just figure out how to get there and And find a way that works for you and is not stressful. And
1: you can also um, make sure that your astral space is a space that nothing
0: else can intrude on. Exactly. You can set set up all kinds of guards and because it's astral space, and you get to decide what the limits are. And the limits are basically whatever you can imagine putting there, unless you're in a place like the city where they demand that you use the local resources. You can put up, like, the highest walls on earth, impenetrable to literally anything. Like
1: My chapel to Hakate has a literal lock and key mm-hmm. that only I can use. Yeah. I'm the only Even if someone else got that key from you, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to open the door with it. Exactly. So, it, you know, I know I'm going to go into that cave, mm-hmm. and I know McCarthy's going to be in that cave. And
0: that is it. And that's it. Those are the only people in the cave. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. You can build in all kinds of tethers and safeguards. Mm-hmm. And you can treat with spirits to act as guards for you. you can,
1: and this was something Devin Hunter mm-hmm. recommends. We have talked about it last week. Have contracts with spirits that you're working yep. with. Yep. If you're if you're working with spirits in astral. Yep. Make sure that you have a contract with them so they know your boundaries. Yep.
0: Pay right. them something and mm-hmm. get a service in return. That's how this. That's how this all works. You got anything else? I don't think so. I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. I
1: think it's everything I wanted to talk about. All right. All right. So if you want to find out more about mm-hmm. three pigs and a cap, you can go to Google and you can Google three. That's the number three pagans and a cat and there you will find links to our patheos blog and, and we got a red bubble red bubble and of course we've got a facebook group and a discord we a, yep. group yep. we're on youtube that's never up, updated i'm never sorry
0: updated. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a a patreon
1: mm-hmm. yeah so if you want to support us uh you can go to check us out on, on patreon and, and be part of our wonderful patrons yes, yes. who who help us out tremendously you yeah, just just find us yeah just google us just google and
0: us and find, find us. all the things
1: and then you know we give you consent and permission to share this podcast with friends family and people you think might be interested
0: uh-huh <laughs> but only if they consent to listen to it that's as we right. established in the last episode yep. um listen to put put one of these podcasts on when you go into astrospace and then when it ends you'll know it's time to get out <laughs> that's right that's right i go for about an hour give yeah. or take you know
1: <laughs> and if you want a guided meditation into an astral space there, some of the rituals that I have done are on, mm-hmm. Oh, well on Facebook. Oh yeah. That's the right. Fa- they're on, they're on the Facebook yep. page and you can look in the video section and, uh, cause I do a lot of guided meditation over the, the COVID year. Yes. But that includes some of the rituals where I bring people into a kind of astral space. Astral space. So if that's something that would be helpful to you to give you kind of that experience, without having to try to figure it out for yourself, Mm -hmm. you can utilize that as well.
0: And those guided meditations almost inevitably include a way back out of astral at the same time. So if you're worried about that, guided meditations are very helpful. All right. So, all right. Thank
1: you so much for hanging with us. Mm -hmm. You know, we love you. Keep hoping that car is going to make it up the stairs. Fix his dang ankles. Fix his dang ankles so he can get up the dang stairs. Mm -hmm. Let's light some candles on that. Because we'd kind of like to have him back. Mm-hmm. We'd like we'd like his voice <laughs> to return to this podcast. That's right. So we don't have to do all the commercials. That's good. All and right. my God, so we don't have to read the patrons at the beginning I'm, of September.
0: Yeah, he better have his ankle fixed by then. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's right. I did it once, I don't want to do it again. Well, never again. So did I. Yeah, never again. Never again. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> all right. we refuse.
2: Okay. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. So have a good week. <laughs>